Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody out there listening, an important note that you should really consider as we start this week's podcast, and this is a good one, like a lot of stuff in this podcast. You should go out and follow the Almost Famous Podcast at almost underscore famous podcast, and if you have any really strong opinions, especially... The good ones, like the really kind ones, talking about how amazing <laughs> Ashley is and just how... And Ben is. Yeah, how good Ben is at just like sidekicking <laughs> this thing. Um, email us at Ben and Ashley at iHeartRadio.com. Okay, that's a big announcement. Uh, Ashley, talk to me. It's been a week since we last spoke. A lot has happened in Bachelor Nation, and we're going to touch on it, including Chris Harrison's official resignation um a lot of thoughts a lot of opinions on that mostly i know you and i both kind of just texted back and forth we want to hear from the listeners on their thoughts and opinions i mean i think that's really where we're going to understand like what's going on but also in your life i know there's some updates what's going on is there really Uh, there's gotta be it's been a week it's 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 been a week it's sweet of you to pretend like there's been updates um no, I can't say there is, Ben. 
has there been any updates in your life? Well, it's been a big week. Uh, oh, see, I knew that you would ask me if you had no, something to say. No, not, not, nothing like that exciting. It's just been a big week. Why? Uh, well, my my dad and mom uh, came out this last week to Denver, Colorado. I also mm-hmm. had a miniature board meeting out in Denver uh, for Humanity and Hope United. So I had a full week of people. Like, And obviously having parents isn't as stressful as maybe like having strangers you know, come visit. But uh, the board meeting went great. We got on the lake, and then my dad came out for a father-son golf tournament. We got to play in that together. Got fourth place, which I'm very proud of. Out of uh, how many? I bet there was like 25 teams. Um, so overall, great showing there. We had we went to Red Rocks. Uh, if anybody's listening and they haven't been to Red Rocks. I know it's a it's a bucket list for a lot of people, and if you have been to Red Rocks, you're going, that was one of the coolest things ever. It was one of the first times I'd been around that many people in a long time, so that was kind of fun to people watch again. And I'm, I'm the... I mean, I've talked about it before. I am the creepiest people watcher. Like, I can literally really? just... Oh, I could watch, like, just people walking and doing whatever they do for, like, an hour and not, like, really realize it. We've talked about it when it comes to the mall. When I go shopping at the mall with Jessica or my mom... Uh, especially as a kid, like I could sit on those couches and just like kind of doze off and just enjoy seeing so many humans functioning, which is, I find very creepy, but also very enjoyable. Okay. So you made me think about the things that I did this week. I went to my first Red Sox game. Oh, that how was, was fun. It? Bachelor Nation was out in full force. I was like, oh, no one's, no one's going to know who Jared and I are after this pandemic. <laughs> we were wrong. It was cool, but we talked a lot about Chris with like all the fans that came up to us. Yeah, seems like a lot of lot of disappointed people out there. And then I went to um, Watch Hill, Rhode Island, twice in one week because everybody wants to see where Taylor Swift lives when they come to visit us. <laughs> uh, is that where she lives? Is that her place? Um, that's like one of her five houses. Yeah, but. Apparently, she only stays in this this house about one week out of the year, which is like the ultimate disappointment that this house sits unoccupied for that long. It is actually the most expensive residence in all of Rhode Island. So is this one of those celebrity houses? Because my my very first trip to L.A., all I want to do is do one of those star tours where you drive around and you see where people live. Uh, probably another creepy thing. I'm. I, I don't know, guys. I think I save myself from going on the show. People are like, okay, he's not that weird. Uh, but I really love like just seeing the houses of where people like live. Uh, I just things. like looking at houses in general. Yeah, you know, like not even famous people's houses. Yeah. I just like like to drive around and look at them. Yeah, I, I think that because I like going to open houses and like seeing yeah. like, okay, well, that makes me feel better. Same. Anyways, is this one of the houses you could see from the road or is it kind of like blocked off? You can see it very well from not the road, but from the ocean. Oh, well, that's so. If you're on the beach, you look up and you can see the whole backyard, the whole back of the house. I mean, I feel bad like calling her out, but like she wrote a song about this house. It's the Great American Dynasty song on folklore. Yeah, and then she, um, I mean, like everybody knows. If you just like type in Taylor Swift house, Rhode Island, it comes up. I'm about to do that. Well, hey, uh, all of you out there listening, thanks for joining us again for the Almost Famous Podcast. We're about to dive in deep to the second episode of Katie's season. We're going to talk everything that came from the episode. We're also, again, going to talk about Chris Harrison's departure, and we're going to sit down with Ali Fedotowski, uh, one of Bachelor Nation's favorite bachelorettes here in just a bit. 
But before we do, let's take a break and we'll come back with the Almost Famous Podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, 
We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. guys, we got Ali Fedotowski Mano on the show, and she and I have something in common. We both moved to, to fresh new states after living in L.A. for years. So, Ali, Ali, how's the transition been? Um, You know, I, I try to keep, obviously, always things in perspective. Like, my uh, uncle says, and I love this thing that he says, he always says, like, just by being born in this country, you hit the lottery. And I'm like, you know what? That's so true. So every yeah. time I'm like getting down on myself, I always remember him saying that. Um, but honestly, it's been a little bit tough. So that's why when you posted recently about, you know, the move to Rhode Island, I was so curious how it's been going for you. Because for me, it's like been a tough transition. Like I thought, oh, moving to Nashville, the country, it's going to be amazing. And it hasn't been as amazing as I thought it could be. <laughs> no, I get that. You you said that it takes two years to fully adjust to a place. I definitely had a freak out moment when I first got here. We were living with my sister-in-law for like six weeks and honestly liked living with her. But it was just I could feel a slower pace of life compared to L.A. And that was even L.A. under COVID. Um, thinking like, am I going to have FOMO? What am I doing here? Am I going to be able to have like all the outlets for like my creative juices and energy and like just events in L.A.? Like, am I going to miss going to those? Then when summer came around and when Jared, got, Jared and I got a new got our own place, it started to feel way more right. This is an easy place to be in the summer. Um, But I, I, and I, for me, it was weird because it's the first time I'm ever considering someplace to be like my forever home. Like for 33 years, you know, you go to school, you start your career and you're like, you never know where it's going to take you. And I'm like, no, this is like where we're going to like build a house and put down roots. Do you have friends? I do have friends, but this is the set. This is the like kind of like sad thing is that (laughs) all my friends here are Jared's friends and Jared's friends from like life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, We'll like go to family get togethers and he'll he'll be so energetic and so happy. And then he'd be like, isn't this just the greatest? I'm like, 
no, I like love your friends. They're like some of my best friends too. But like sometimes it makes me sad that like it's always going to be like his his circle is going to be like the primary circle, you know? Well, this is what I'll say to that. Like one thing I've done since we've moved to Nashville is like I go on friend dates and actually Ben, I have you to thank for one of those friend dates. Uh, Dee Dee, which is one of Ben's friends, um, Ben and Jess friends. Um, Dee Dee. Yeah, he Ben just sent me a text one day and was like, hey, I have friends in the neighborhood that saw you at the farmer's market and I want to connect you. And Ben, we went to dinner with them the other night and like talked for hours and it was the best ever. Oh, like, that's so sweet. Today, I'm going to her son's birthday party with my family. Oh, how is that? I mean, they are the best. Yeah, he uh, they take Justin out to dinner. I don't know if you've experienced this with them yet, but they know Nashville food better than any other people in the city. And I can almost promise you that. Like, oh my god, yeah. you have to go to Jack Brown's Burgers. It's my favorite burgers in the entire world. Well, I am vegetarian, so oh, I don't know. That. <laughs> yeah, but they, <laughs> they like know that. their food, Allie. Uh, and I'm glad I could do that because, yeah, she reached out to me. It was super sweet and was like, hey, I just saw Allie. I know this is weird, and I know probably a lot of people know her, but like, she's in my neighborhood, and I feel like I would like to reach out to her. And I was like, Aww. I think Allie would really appreciate that. I appreciate it so much because we really have been like putting ourselves out there. Like this is what I'll say to you actually being in a new place. And so that you don't feel sort of being an outsider to Jared's life friends, lifelong friends is like go on friend dates. Like whether it's somebody who knows you, like the way Ben set me up with Didi or whatever it may be like. And I call them friend dates because look at the end of the day, do you want to like, it's so much easier just to hang out with Jared's friends, right? Like that's the easier thing to do. It's comfortable. It's easy. But you have to put yourself out there like you're single. Think of yeah, it that right? you're friend single. And you have to go out on dates. You have to force yourself to date friends yeah. to find the right, to find the one, <laughs> you know, the best year. Whoever. I get it. I get it. I think that definitely when we have kids and like you start like having like mommy hangs, that's yeah. when things would probably be really easy. Have you felt like that's helped you like with the kids in school and stuff? So my kids are only in preschool. Um, And what's been hard about COVID is that there's no social gatherings at the school. Like I, I've only met my child's teachers like for three seconds when they came outside to drop them off in the lobby. Like I haven't seen the school. I don't know what it looks like besides like pictures and, you know, the security cameras they have up Um, because of COVID things have been really strict at the school. I think they're going to start opening things up soon, but like, I don't know any of the other parents. I think that kind of, will open up even more when they right. get in kindergarten, like re, like primary school. Um, but I do think I am going to start meeting more people that way for sure. Would you say that that is the hardest thing that you've had with the move? Friends? Like yeah. Not having, yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, when we were in LA, it was, I, so the reason we moved out of LA is I always knew I didn't want to raise my kids there. Yeah, like, same. you know, I love Los Angeles for what it has to offer, but and, and if you grew up in LA, maybe you want to raise your kids in LA because that's yeah. what you know, but that's not what I know. Like I know small town, small school, you know, the kids you go to kindergarten with or the kids you graduate high school with. And that's just not what LA is. Yeah. And so I knew we didn't want to raise our kids there. So I'm happy that we left, but I had this, like, they went to the best preschool and all my girlfriends and I in LA just happened to have kids at the same time. And they all went through the same preschool or most of them did. And you know, my girlfriend lived two blocks away and every night came over for wine. So I think I'm just like adjusting to like the COVID transition and then like the transition of just not knowing that many people. But again, I'm like putting myself out there. I'm going on a lot of friends dates. The birthday party that we're going to with Dee Dee that Ben introduced me to is today. And that's our first birthday party. So I definitely see it like headed in the right direction. Oh, good. Nice. I, uh, I, you know, 
two things I want to touch on with you, Alex. I think this is a really interesting topic for people listening. Also, one of the things that, you know, Jessica moved to Denver uh, for me. Oh, and yeah. it's a big deal. And we kind of took this strategy where obviously we're going to have some time with my friends. Like that's going to happen. I hang out with them a yeah. lot. But it was always encouraged that like she doesn't need to be around for that. And that like for a bit, it was kind of like that. Hey, you're off on your own. Go find what you're looking for. And if it happens to come back full circle with friends of, you know, of the wives or girlfriends of my buddies. Great. If not, that's fine, too. It's been a really interesting process for her, though, because she's she has a lot of social gatherings. She's dating friends a lot right now. Aww. And I think that's such great advice because it's kind of been that, hey, I'm not going to force you into this like you have to hang out with these five people and their wives thing. It's kind of opened her up, I think. And she encouraged it like to explore. So it brings me my question. I say all that. Just say thanks for that advice because I think it is great advice, Allie. Um, you've moved. Ashley, you've moved as well. So maybe the question can be for both of you. What have you found that's important in a city now? I mean, you, you've gotten comfortable in LA. Now you're in a new city. What is it when, because a lot of people have moved during COVID. A lot of people have switched around. What is it that you're like, what's important to you there outside of friendships that we've already talked about? Food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> honestly, food. Like when Kevin and I, my husband, when we were trying to figure out where we wanted to live in Nashville, we, we picked a restaurant that one, let me caveat this with I'm vegetarian and my husband's vegan. And we moved to the South where barbecue is king. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we knew that there was this one restaurant, true food that we really like to go to. There's a bunch in LA. So you guys might've been, um, yeah, they're good, but so we knew that where that restaurant was and we kept saying to our realtor, how far is this from true food? How mm. far is this from true food? Like we just wanted to live near a restaurant where we knew we could get food that we could eat and enjoy. Um, but honestly, the food has been one of the hardest transitions for me because I'm so used to LA food where everything is like pretty healthy. Like you can order like the unhealthiest thing on the menu and like, it's, it's still kind of healthy. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy. And I didn't really realize that until I moved somewhere where that's not the case. The that's <laughs> so funny. I feel the same way. They have no organic fruits and vegetables here at the grocery store. Like even Trader Joe's, like you can't necessarily find like every every food, like every um piece of produce. Like they don't all always have an organic version of it. And yeah. it, just just Rhode Island in general, they're not health conscious whatsoever. <laughs> here you know it's all about like barbecue and biscuits and gravy and mm -hmm. butter and so I will go and order like Kevin and I went to this restaurant the other day and it was like a new American restaurant you know really nice and we ordered because again we're vegetarian and there isn't a lot for us to choose on a lot of the menus here so a lot of times we just order a bunch of sides because that's the only thing we can eat so we like ordered like the broccolini the brussels sprouts the roasted carrots and they were all so drenched in sauce and butter and like even the vegetables are unhealthy. <laughs> so I've gained like 10 pounds since we moved here, which isn't the end of the world. I'm not like uber focused <laughs> on that, but like, I am like, oh my gosh, like I have to pay attention to that. So I'd say friends is the most important thing when you move, you know, friends, like, you know, people that you see yourself being friends with. Um, and then the second thing for me is food. Food. <laughs> it's great. Well, uh, Ali, it, I hope this birthday party goes so fantastically. They are great people. You're great people. Even if it doesn't work out, even if this friendship date doesn't uh, continue to happen, it's just nice. Oh, no, to, it's happening. Nice to know you're hanging. Uh, well, 
you even just said they, they know their food better than anybody. And oh. I'm obsessed with food too. So it's like a match made in heaven. You gave me the, thank you for setting me up on the perfect blind date. <laughs> oh, I love it, Allie. <laughs> um, Allie, you've uh, watched Katie's episode, second episode, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it okay if we break down the second episode with you here on the podcast? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's They're take amazing. a break. And, we, and when we come back, we're going to break down Katie Thurston's Second episode of her Bachelorette season with the one and only Ali Fedotowski. Mono. Summer just got crazy with color. Crazy bunch of balloons by Zuru are here to help unleash summer fun. It's super easy by simply attaching the stem to a hose. You can fill and tie 100 water balloons in 60 seconds. Bunch of balloons are now made from certified recycled plastic. Ashley, here's the thing. A few weeks ago, I was in Austin, Texas with my buddy uh, and his kids. He has three kids all under the age of seven. And I went out and I actually bought these before I knew Zuru was going to support the podcast. No way. They are life changing. You remember growing up and so many people out there listening can grow up and, and when the little, uh, attachment to the faucet that was like you could put a balloon on it easier was like revolutionary yeah but like i didn't have one of those i just had to put it on um, the sink which and it breaks the all hose the time and it was so hard yeah i'm telling you right now i am putting my 100 percent name and almost famous's name behind this new invention it will make you go why couldn't i think of that but it also will make balloon fights so much easier so much more fun and you have so much more ammunition okay our friends at zuru toys just sent us an amazing surprise unboxing experience to prepare us for the ultimate water fight it's sitting next to me i'm pumped for it the neighborhood kids are gonna freak out all right guys are you ready to jump into summer with us with an all-out water balloon fight or you can blast away with x shot fast fill water blasters and for the little ones they have tons of bubble blowing fun with glove a bubble so visit zuru.com the z-u-r-u.com to find out more about the hottest toys for summer oh, so great what keeps baby skin healthy a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Allie, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode, 
How do you feel about the state of the franchise currently? Um, I mean, it's shifting for sure in so many great ways. Um, and then some ways that might feel um, a little unfamiliar. Like even when I was watching Katie's episode, I didn't watch the first episode, just so you know, I did watch the second one. Okay. Um, I always find the first episodes boring. I like agree. We agree. We agree. But this was actually huh. a good first episode. Oh no, maybe yeah. I need to go back and watch it. Um, but like little things of like, you know, the transitions now is a voice that we don't know, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it makes it almost seem like a different show. Um, and then even, you know, like the girls, Caitlin and Tasha being there, like it just feels a little bit different. And, and we've had past contestants come on in the past that sort of be there as a common theme throughout. Um, I think I don't know what's going to happen with the show. I hope it continues. Like I love the, the show. I have a dear place in my heart for the show. I just don't know. Like I, do you know, I mean, you guys might know better than me. Do you know why they split up two bachelorettes and did like two short seasons? We think it's because Michelle wanted to continue teaching over this year and she didn't get out of school until now. Oh, but, gosh, it almost feels like why wouldn't they just go do a couple episodes from her hometown? That, just, that doesn't seem like a real ex a thing to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm for instance, um, Emily Maynard years ago, right. like she wanted they wanted her to be the bachelorette. And instead of breaking it out in two, they went to her hometown and filmed there. because She's like, look, I'm not leaving. You know, yeah. so like the show will bend over backwards for you. So I don't think I don't think that could be it. Um, maybe that's what they're saying. Maybe that's like the excuse or they're trying to like well, let out that that's what it is. COVID could have played a role in that, too. Um, just, you know, because like, can you be around kids? Can you? Isolate hometown. I'm with you. It still feels like there's more to it, but like COVID can be the used excuse for everything right now. Like, I don't totally. know, you know, well, that makes sense. And then I guess for me, I just feel like Katie's not like getting her time to shine the way she should. Mm. You know, like I feel like having the split season, the short seasons. Um, and don't get me wrong on this. I love Caitlin and Tasha. I think they bring so much fun to the show. But like, if I was Katie, I would be so intimidated mm. standing next to Caitlin and Tasha while I'm trying to get these guys to be interested in me. Like when I was the Bachelorette, my biggest fear, like I, I like to this day, like say like I was the worst dressed Bachelorette. Like I claim that title and like the most like you know, need, needing help with my appearance, Bachelorette. No. But I was so um, insecure as the Bachelorette. Mm. I thought all the guys would be disappointed that I was the Bachelorette. I thought that there's no way I can step in these shoes. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not in shape enough. I'm not whatever it may be. So for me watching it, I was just like, oh my gosh, I would have like, I would have just been even more insecure if I had these two beautiful women sitting next to me like I would in my mind I'd keep thinking I wonder which one of these guys wishes they were on last season of The Bachelorette with Tasha. Uh, you know like what, what if they applied for her season because you know that happens a lot yeah a guy will apply yeah. or somebody will apply and they'll get pushed to the next season because they yeah. don't make it or even they're um quarantined right you know how you're quarantined at the beginning of the season for a couple weeks and some people get let go as extras yeah, yeah. like what if one of those guys was supposed to be on Claire Tasha season. And then, I don't know. Anyway, so I feel kind of for her. And maybe Katie's way more <laughs> like secure with herself than I am. I think she is, um, or at least than I was back then. But I just keep thinking that for her. It's interesting to hear you say that because I think every lead I've talked to after doing it has had similar feelings to like you to what you had. I mean, I know I did. I, I just think it's, 
it's probably very human to feel like, hey, I don't, one, deserve to be here. Two, there's no way 30 people are that interested in me to date me at one time and like stick around and right. go through this yeah. for me. I We talked about it last week. We brought up that question because Ashley and I both said, hey, I remember during my yep. season of The Bachelor, like I had girls that, w- I, you know, had a little crush on Harrison or they had a little crush on a producer. Now, not that they were ever acting on it, not that they, it was ever like a thing that it was kind of a joke, but you're so insecure that like those things start to like poke at you a little bit over, over time. And so we, we brought up the question last week, hey, would this feel weird to you? Like, would it be odd to have two beautiful people who were recently on the show standing next to you? Like, does that add a different factor or a different level to the show? Yeah, I think so, for sure. For sure. For all the reasons the I just stated, herself. like, I would just be like, oh, can you guys, like, stop <laughs> looking so pretty next to me? Like, you know, but, I mean, Katie does seem very yeah. confident in yeah. herself, like, I love how she's handled so many things, Um, you know, even from letting, and I'm not going to know any of the guys names. So I'm just going to sort of like, I feel like at the beginning of the season, I never know. I just like refer to situations. Exactly. Same. Yeah. Like the guy who was there, like famous, she was like, I'm not letting you go because I hearsay. I'm letting you go because there's no trust already. Like, I thought that was so like intuitive of her to even use those words. Like Mm -hmm. I would, I would have let him go, but I would have like been like, Oh, it's because, I don't really like you that much. And this guy says you're bad. Bye. You know, (laughs) she like, (laughs) she found a really smart way to say like, there's already no trust. And I don't know. I just, I appreciate her. And I think that, you know, she's definitely got some maturity to her. I mean, she showed it to us in last season when she uh, stood up for the bullying in the house. Yeah. She mentioned that there's a big group message with a whole bunch of former bachelorettes guiding her along the way. I'm assuming you're in it. How yes. active? I would be really sad if you just told me about it and I wasn't. <laughs> that could have been awkward. <laughs> How active is this thread? Um, I don't know. Let me see what the last thing. I'll tell you the last thing that was yeah. sexy. Maybe I'll get in trouble for this. It, depending on what it says, I will. Hold on. How do I even look? Oh, I look it up. It's under just BS. Here it is. Uh, okay. Uh... Oh, it's just Caitlin Bristow saying, so fun. You're so freaking cute and relatable. It's amazing. So it's very supportive. Good. Um, You know, we're always all there for each other. One thing I will say that's been really great about this group, like we text a lot when it's, you know, we, we, we welcome Katie into the group here. The last text before that were like, um, so like June 3rd, June 5th. Actually, it's kind of more May 22nd. Every couple of weeks, I would say, it gets mm-hmm. like active and then dies down. Um, But I will say, like, every time someone has a project, like a podcast or something, everybody's like, yeah, what can I post? Give me the link. And so I find, like, that, like, women supporting women is really great. Um, Yeah, so I think we're all just kind of there, like, hyping each other up and trying to be supportive and give advice. And it's funny because the group was kind of, like, it didn't grow that much for so long. Like, you get one new person a year, right? But the last like eight months, we've gotten four new people. Yeah, you know? yes. like, we got Claire and then Tasha and then now, um, you know, Katie and, Katie and, and Mich- yeah, Michelle. It's crazy. It's fun. It's awesome. Who started the threat? Like, who came up with it? Um, probably Trista. Okay. I mean, Trista's all about bringing people together. Yeah. I feel like it must the mother, yeah, the she's mother like, of the yeah. franchise. She's I decided while watching this episode that I prefer the bachelorette over the bachelor i think it's a a more romantic series and i think that might have something to do with the fact that they decided to do two back to back 
Oh, because people like it more, you think? But aren't the ratings worse? Yeah. The ratings are summer. worse. But it is because of the I do believe it's because of the time of the year. Because it's the summertime, possibly. Real funny thing, though, before we go off the text chain. So we've had this text chain for a long time. And then we were, we were texting the like. Some of the things we text each other are like kind of, you know, crazy and girl talk and whatever. You can imagine we're drinking wine, texting each other. Like we used to Zoom at the beginning of the quarantine and drink wine together. Um, At one point, the the text chain had been going on for like a year. And then all of a sudden this person (laughs) texts the chain and says, I don't know who all of you are. Can you please take me off this group message? Who was it? Yes. No. I think it was my fault because I had Caitlin Bristow's old phone number. Oh, yeah. I had put that in because we were like putting the group together and I had added it. was, we laughed so hard. Like some person out there in this world knows things about the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise that nobody should know. And they know and they don't even know. That (laughs) is amazing, Allie. I, I would. I mean, I hope it's like a super fan um, who now is hearing this and listens to the podcast and is like, I literally could have just stayed quiet and I could have had all the info. Oh my gosh, the headlines that person could have sent over to Us Weekly. So good. I feel like it's got to be someone that's never seen the show before because they would have known who we were based on what we were saying. Well, Allie, uh, we are going to break down the episode with you. Uh, You are an expert. Um, Ashley always guides us through these episode breakdowns. So I'm going to pass it off to her. Thanks for sticking around for this. You're the best. I'm going to be here for my commentary, but I feel like you can really speak some wisdom into what's going on (laughs) behind the scenes of the episode. All right. Let's start with the first group date. We have Christian, Garrett, Trey, Courtney, Mike P, James, Justin, Thomas, Connor B, and Carl. They all get invited on a date and it's, pretty known right off the bat that this guy Carl is annoying the guys and at first I was like ah guy's just annoying right he's just the annoying guy he's not gonna be bad and then we see later in the episode that he's actually like kind of bad um who what were the standout moments on this group date for you oh my gosh I literally just watched the episode an hour ago and, and I'm you're like, forgetting already date? wait what was the group date yeah I'm thinking the same thing okay what they did was with <laughs> Heather Mc- with Heather McDonald they oh, were supposed yes. to do they're supposed to like express why they were the greatest lover there of all time right of all yes. time okay and Carl's the guy who like went up and just started yelling obscenities and then later in the episode yeah he... like had the whiteboards and all that yeah Carl yeah, yeah, yeah. is the one who like started drama at the cocktail party so yeah. Carl first... will be gone soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah Carl will be gone soon or he's gonna stick around for drama's sake yeah but Katie seems like she's not necessarily doing that whole thing because the way she let Cody go but that's later in the episode we'll get there then Okay, yeah. So let's go. Heather McDonald on stage talk about how the guys are going to have to prove basically how sexual they are. I immediately am like, okay, so we're getting a date like this every single season. I had, I was the host of the date last time when the guys or the girls had to tell Matt, you know, read, read and write erotica. Yeah, Yeah. to him. (laughs) And I thought that was like, you know, it was fun. And, you know, sometimes I'm not down for the over sexualization, but. My date was fun. Uh, I think you can like really convert it into something romantic. Like they like to pretend like you're going to have to be like super sexual. But then like all these guys and the girls on mine, you can make it sweet. You can make it romantic. And I was really, really feeling for Mike, the virgin, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like literally beautifully. 
Oh my God. But I was feeling so awkward for him, but way for him to turn an awkward situation into something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, again, like you said earlier, I can't believe that he like she was able to handle it with like such grace and with the perfect word choice. Same with him. You're given like an hour to come up with something. And he came up with that beautiful piece of writing and described it in just like the classiest way. And I know. And he just got so much respect from Katie and the other guys. I loved it so much. I did, too, because I feel like sometimes, too, like. Whenever there's a like, well, I mean, I I feel like sometimes with virginity on the show, like it can be looked at as, I mean, as like non-experienced, right? Or yeah. like, oh, he's not going to know what he's doing. But it's almost like the way he did it, it was like, you were like the sexiest man ever. Oh my gosh. Exactly, like right? you just said are so sexy and like. When you do get in bed, oh my gosh, you are going to like, oh my God, it's a woman's world. So I feel like you're right. He couldn't have done it better. Um, And I think especially under the circumstances, like, I mean, you know, from experience what it's like being on the show and having that like pressure of like having to talk to somebody about your sexual status. Well, that's what I was so stressed about is because like when I told Chris Souls, I was not ready to do so. And I felt very uncomfortable given the timing that I was to do so. And yeah. I'm and thinking, a little bit more time than yeah, one I had, day. <laughs> I had, I think I did it week three or four. And he's having to do this like the, the third day he's actually there. Yeah. And he's probably and said five calling. words to her. And then here he has to tell her. Oh, I, I had so much yeah. sympathy for him. And you could see how emotional he was over it and how like not ready he was. And for him to be able to turn it around. And you're right. To just see, so, yeah. seem so desirable. We asked Katie yeah. last week when she find when, you know, speaking in future tense, we're like, when you find out about his virginity, like, how are you going to take it? Like, is it a turnoff even for somebody like you who, you know, you talk, you know, you're very open about your sex life. And she was like, I was even surprised by my own reaction. And it was a great reaction. I cried. I cried twice during this episode. Yeah. And you know that, oh my gosh, don't, I know already the second time you cried because yeah. I'm bawling my eyes out. Yeah. I cannot wait to talk about that. But yeah, let's talk about that. Actually, can we talk about that? The yeah. second time you cried? Yeah, um, because that's the next one. It's the it's the it's the date with Greg. Of course. Well, before we skip ahead, just let's talk about how Mike ends up getting the award. But Thomas ends up getting the group date rose and they had like the steamiest kiss ever where he dragged her on his lap mm-hmm. and I don't know that like I didn't think this was gonna be Katie's type he kind of reminds <laughs> me of like a Josh Murray like a Gaston figure oh um, yeah but she's into him they talk about how they have this indescribable chemistry that it's just yeah, in the air no, they definitely seen that but I don't know that I would call any of the makeout sessions in this hot and steamy <laughs> I They've just, I don't know what it is if things are like getting forced too soon, but every makeout scene has just seemed extremely forced and awkward to me so far. Uh, but it could just be early in the season and they'll get there. <laughs> I don't okay, disagree with okay. you. I, I really don't because I feel like I'm watching this. This is week one. And, and, you know, we've, I think it was two guys this time, at, you know, said, Can I kiss you now? Which is a great oh, yeah. thing to do. Very respectable. But like it was almost because I feel awkward and now I don't know what to do. And so I'm going to ask yes. this because we're still like 
unfamiliar with each. It wasn't like out of a respect and out of like, it was more like, I just feel awkward right now. And I feel like I need to kiss you. So can I, cause that would help this moment. Exactly. And they all go in really fast and then like try to slow it down. It's just something about it. I don't know. And there's a lot of kind of awkward, quirky guys on the season, which I love. Like that is my type. Awkward, quirky, and I'm in. Like that's what my husband is. I love awkward, quirky. But like, it's just, it it, it makes for interesting makeout sessions. I'll just say that. (laughs) One note here that I've never brought up, but you bring up a great point, Allie. And Ashley, I'm sure you've experienced this. And I'm sure listeners have all experienced this also. You know what's more awkward than um, than even the initial kiss or approach? Like you're kissing strangers. It's like a second date maybe. Hey, all good. You do get what you got to do. But the moment that gets most awkward and even watching this season, I see like we're, I feel like we're seeing it more is when the kiss ends and both people are sitting there like, oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> That was the great. analysis part. Yeah, yeah. it's so uh, cringy to watch. And I remember those moments because you're like, we were kissing because we didn't have anything else to talk about. Now we just kissed and we still don't have anything else to talk about, except that this was a kiss. And so we're just going to sit here and analyze it. And then we're hoping somebody comes in and breaks it up so we can go like it, those <laughs> moments to me. Oh, I just they're awful to watch. <laughs> oh, that is so funny and so true and so true all right let's sk- <laughs> let's skip ahead now to greg's one-on-one date the second moment that made Allie and i cry greg and katie end up going on a like camp camping sort of fishing date and great you know they have good chemistry we like greg you know we saw him last week he got the first impression rose he was the one who said i'm so awkward like how do i'm just so nervous i'm so nervous and she knows she told us last week that she gave him the first impression rose because she wanted him to like kind of calm down and to show him like i really like you so like just chill out yeah can i say something interesting yeah at least interesting for me when I was watching. So when I was watching their date, I kept thinking something is off. Oh my God. I was like, he's hiding something. He's not saying something. Yes. But I thought of it like I was taking it the negative route. I'm like, oh, "Oh, really? He's going to break her heart. He's going to break her heart. Like I was so like, oh, this guy's not, he's holding something back. Like I'm I'm like, I almost don't know. Like, is he not as into her as she is into him? And so I was like, I, 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 and I hated it because I just love them together. And I think they're so precious together. I was like, oh, something's going to come out later on in the season. And like, he's going to break her heart. And that's why I was so like emotional in the next scene when we see him open up at dinner and say like, well, I lost my dad too. Like, oh, like I just was a puddle on the floor because I was like, the reason he felt like we felt watching, like he was holding some back is because he was. And for him to like give I don't know. I don't know why he chose to wait to tell her about his dad, but in my mind, the reason is um, whatever reason it is, it doesn't matter. That's his choice to share that information when he sees fit. But yeah, in my mind, he did it because that was her moment to talk about yeah. her dad. And like, he gave her that moment. And then later to come, it was just so beautiful and it felt meant to be. And if they end up together, like, I feel like that's their dad setting them up. Like, Oh, I could cry. Oh, just talking that's about it right so now. sweet. I was looking at his face and it just seemed, I kept thinking to myself, this guy, his dad died too. I feel like his dad died too. Why isn't he saying anything? You felt that? Yes. That's so intuitive of you. So when he decides to do it at dinner, I wonder if she had a moment where she was like, why didn't you tell me this earlier? Well, I would say too, like, you know, 
pain takes time. And and even watching his face, I I mean, maybe I've missed it getting to know Katie. Uh, which, you know, we talked to her last week, Allie, and we're like, we really don't know you, like, at all. Like, you know, you weren't around last season much, and then, like, even the first episode didn't really highlight you as much as we would want. So this was, a sh- you know, a shock to me or new information to me that she had lost her father. I wonder in that moment, I mean, I, I, I know in moments of deep pain, like, I wonder if he was so taken back that he's like, I can't just come out and say, oh, me too, because it hurt him so deeply. Like, that was still such a fresh wound that he wasn't expecting so to have to open back up. And so him taking time for at dinner, like I'm sure Katie gets it too. Like it probably took her weeks to even mentally prepare for the moment. She was going to tell somebody on this season that she lost her father. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, one, I mean, I would love to say, because he seems like a good dude, like out of respect, he was like, I'm going to give you your moment to talk about your dad. Who knows? Like in those moments, I don't know if we're like, it takes a very wise human to like process that much in that period of time. Wise, yeah. Um, maybe he did. Uh, who knows? Or he was just like, I can't yet. I need a, a moment before I even start talking about it because if I do that this now, like I don't know where this goes. Like I don't know how how heavy this comes out. And so it felt right. like to me he had pre- prepared himself. He was respectful to her, and then he was able to communicate his dad's story in a way that was beautiful in the right time in the right moment. Um. And and this is why maybe this second episode was, I thought, so good, was right away we have two really real moments that I mm-hmm. that we all love watching. We have Mike uh, mm-hmm. having the wisdom and the time to do something really difficult, but also seeing how the guys respected him and responded and how Katie responded. And then we had Greg. These are two moments that like are huge pivot points in their life. And we were able yeah. to see it in one episode. That's a big deal. Very authentic, genuine moments. This is what I'm saying. This is why I left this episode being like, I like The Bachelorette more because the last time I felt these things was watching Tasha's season. I loved that they're giving us the romance. They're giving us the depth and the emotion that we asked for. (laughs) And there was so much little, such little drama this episode. Yeah. And I do like, I think when I chose to be The Bachelorette, I went in with such this thought of like, I was guided here by whatever that is or whatever, you know, something was guiding me Mm -hmm. to be the bachelorette. And like, I was there for a reason. I was supposed to meet somebody on there for a reason. I, I had all these sort of like spiritual and emotional things tied into it. So I can only imagine for Katie, you know, she, she probably feels a lot of that too. Like my dad's watching over me. There's a reason I'm here. And like, I don't know. I just think it's so beautiful. And I think if they do end up together, like they're going to like, I just think that date is going to be like one of the most special moments in times of their life. Like they'll look back on that date and be like, our dad set this up for us. That's why we're here. This is one of the most special days of my life. I just, it was so beautiful. I loved every, every second of it. Mm. And the fact that both dads took the kids fishing. I know. They happened to go fishing. I know. I did. And they kissed at a toilet. I was so going to say, I was going to say, I was like, that moment was just really funny. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, I'll, this is ridiculous. You, you know, Wedding Crashers, <laughs> when he's sitting on yeah. the toilet and she comes in, I felt like that's <laughs> yeah. how this was going. Like, this yeah. is getting weird. Uh, I wonder if they realize that he's still sitting on a toilet. And finally, they made a joke of it, which I'm glad because if they wouldn't have said anything, I would be like, that, that that had to be a, <laughs> like broke. like somebody had to say something. So that was that was a funny moment. I mean, it's really foreshadowing for the future because all the best marriages, especially you'll find out then uh, when you if you guys decide to have kids one day, 
that throughout your marriage, it's really all talk about like your relationship and poop. That's all you talk about. It's like love and poop. Like I can't even tell you how many times Kevin and I ask each other about the kids' bowel movements or whatever. So anyway, Uh, sounds Sounds like a blast. All right. So let's talk about the last group date. It was mud wrestling. Caitlin and Tasha woke up all the guys early. Mud wrestling, as I've said a zillion times, not my favorite kinds of dates. You don't get to know about the guys. Like, even though like the sex dates can be raunchy, at least you get to see what they do in a situation like this. In this case, they're literally just wrestling in the mud. You don't get to know them. Um, this the is the least when... favorite date of every season right? is the physical violence date. Oh, Same. I wish they would just get rid of them. I, I hate them. I yeah, hate them. Me too. That's nothing. Yeah, uh, they did olive oil wrestling. I mean, come on, guys. Let's get a little bit more original on my season. <laughs> yeah. Olive oil wrestling, mud wrestling. It's like all the same. <laughs> was that in Italy? Um, it was it wasn't in Italy. Uh gosh, where I think it was, it was in, in Turkey. Turkey. Okay, that makes sense. Um, olive oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just I hated it. I remember being like, why are we doing this? Like this is so pointless. So yeah. I, I wish they would do away with those. Okay, so the only thing that really came out of this is that there was some beef between Aaron Aaron and Cody, which we saw last week for a split second during, like, the original cocktail party. And we're like, what the heck is that random spat? And now we learned that the two of them knew each other in San Diego. And Aaron, who seemed like the dramatic one last week, uh, was actually the one in the right. He said last week, uh, I... I've never liked you since the moment mm-hmm. I met you. And we thought it was super dramatic because we're like, you, you met this guy an hour ago. Yeah. But really, they had <laughs> known each other for a while. And apparently, Cody had let on that he was there for the wrong reasons. He's like an unkind dude. And when Aaron got time with Katie because he won the mud wrestling, he let her know about these issues. And did we not love the way that Katie dealt with Cody like she sat him down he had no good answers to this like he didn't even deny the things that that Aaron was saying about him and then she was like you know what gut feeling says no like you said uh, mm-hmm. the, the, what did you say that the, there's no trust no, no trust. trust and then she sent him home and I'm like can we deal with all conflicts this painlessly I know right and the thing is too that I really uh liked that she said she said that like if someone had approached me, my face would have said it all. And like his face said yes. nothing. Like your face says yes. you're hiding something. You're prepared for this. Like, so she's right. Like, I mean, she made the right decision. And, you know, like you said, if only all decisions could be that way. But then again, if they all were that way, it wouldn't be the bachelorette. Ooh, and, I know. Because uh, if I could have handled every scenario like that on my season, I would have. But sometimes the drama just has to drag on. And, <laughs> and you know, for Cody, it was really odd to me. I don't think I've ever seen a a more emotionless exit. Like he didn't even try to defend himself. Oh yeah. Or say, no, this isn't true. Or Katie, I'm really sorry that this is going down this way. Like this isn't what I am feeling. It was just like, okay, well, I hope you find your guy. It's like, no, if somebody is literally calling me out, if somebody is literally, I mean, and telling the person I'm trying to get to know that I'm not a good dude, like at least I have a rebuttal or at least there's something. It was so, nothing it was just like okay see you later bye what like what just happened you just (laughs) like are you not mad are you like upset are you at like i don't know it was that was a really odd for me to see really weird it was like he was caught red-handed and was just like "Ah, i'm not gonna put up a fight (sighs) yeah 
Well, good for but her also, then. Also, he's performing. I think the people sometimes who are that way are the people that are most aware that they're on camera and they're trying not to give a reaction because they don't want that reaction. You know, he's probably boiling up inside to be what people see of him on TV. And he's very aware that people are watching him on TV. Yeah. It's when you want to be famous. Yeah. Good for her. He's gone, move, yeah. you know, and we move on. Moving on. As, as far as the rest of that group date, I felt like her moment with Andrew, the football player from overseas, mm. definitely yes. stood out the most. He's so I sweet. love him. Yeah, he seems so great. Something about him, like he just has that like super friendly face. You know mm, what I mean? Like totally. he smiles, I'm like, oh, I like you, yeah. you know? Yeah. I feel like if, you know, we'll see what happens with their relationship. I mean, in my mind, it's Greg, but like then again, would it be Greg? Like so obvious at this point. So obvious at this point, but it's almost like they have to be so obvious at this point. How do you take away that beautiful connection that they had and, you know, story that they had shared together? Um, but it feels like it has to be Greg. If not, Greg's like in the top two. So whether or not Andrew makes it to the end or not, like, I feel like he's the type of person that like will stay in the franchise. Like, I hope that he's like on paradise one season. Like, he just seems like a really nice, friendly face. I, uh... Could be this season. I really love to watch Andrew's reactions too. Like even when the drama's going on at the end of the night with Carl, I know I'm skipping ahead and we'll get to that in a bit, but just Andrew's just facial expressions. Like you can tell what's like how he's feeling, what's going on in the room when they flash past him. And I just love yeah. that. I'm like, you, you're feeling every moment. You're as surprised yeah. and shocked as we are. Like I, I enjoy watching his commentary just by seeing how he reacts. He's very animated. I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to the Carl drama because that's really all we have left is a standout moment of the episode. It's at the cocktail party. Everything seems to be like pretty settled, you know, like she got rid of Cody, who seemed to be the only guy that was there for the wrong reasons. She's feeling good about her group. And then Carl comes up to her and says the vaguest I've ever heard. He's like, by the way, he wasn't the only one that's not here for the wrong reasons. There are others. And she's like, but who? And he's like, well, I'm not going to name names. Okay. Well, what are the examples? What do they do? Oh, I don't have examples. It's like, Katie, he doesn't have anything. He's literally just starting drama. I felt so bad that she took it to heart so much because, you know, especially after she pulls Aaron aside and asks Aaron, like, is there anyone else? Like, I trusted you the one time. Can you tell me again? And he's like, no, I, I don't know. I was honestly surprised how she took it, to be honest with you. Me just too. Because I find that Katie just seems like so strong, right? Like emotionally strong and just like very level-headed and like, just like, I, I, I've always seen her that way. So when she gets so emotional about that, that what that told me it, as a viewer and as someone who's been in her shoes is that like, there's some insecurity there. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, I feel like I maybe would have handled it that way if I were in her shoes because of the insecurity of worrying about if people are there for her, if people like her, all of that. I think it was less about what he said and more about her like overall feelings on being the bachelorette because that's how I was. Like I felt that way. Um, but I think he, why do I think he did it? I mean, that's the question. Why did he do it, right? And I think that he did it because he wants the screen time. Yeah. I think the only thing I can come up with in my head of why he would do that, like, why would he just, he doesn't know her enough to just want to hurt her, right? Like to want to hurt somebody like that, you got to know them more. Like, you know, it's vicious and vindictive. But so I feel like he just did it because he knew that like that would get his face on camera. Yeah, no, you're probably right. But can and we, even when can the we guys stop confront. For, I mean, he's a motivational speaker. Oh, like, can we right. stop? 
Can we stop for a second and just <laughs> sit on that? Because I kept watching this and watching this thing play out. And when originally, you know, when he he did his package, uh, it was like, oh, he's a motivational speaker. This will be interesting to see what wisdom and encouragement and support he brings into the house, because that's what you would associate with motivational speaking, I would think. So my right. question, and this is where I want to throw it to listeners. Has anybody ever heard Carl speak uh, or does anybody know what he speaks on when it does, when he does this for a career, but this felt so um, opposite. Uh, and I was trying to think of a bigger word for opposite, but I'm not that smart right now. Um, so opposite. That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. That's a good word of what you would expect from a motivational speaker. Am, right. Can we talk about what a motivational speaker does? Cause don't they usually have really full, healthy careers and experience to be able to speak about things to inspire people and motivate people about? How do you just be a motivational speaker speaker as like a 20 something who we don't know what you've accomplished? Or maybe he has maybe he does. Maybe he has more of a story to his name than we've seen, but I'm ready to see it now. Like we have like now we he's so much of a character. He's caused so much drama like what what does carl do one yeah well i think for me a motivational speaker is someone that like uses sort of feeling is like the way that they lead right like uh whether it's like it's like using the feelings that you have to sort of motivate your life the positive feelings to take you in a certain direction do things like whenever i hear a motivational speaker that i feel like is really good they like kind of pull at my heartstrings or just my my soul like to lead me a certain way Whereas I almost feel like he is the, like you said, Ben, the opposite. Antithesis. Of that, antithesis is what the word I was looking for. Yep, exactly that was it. it. Yes. Yay, Ashley. Um, so I feel like he is like doing the opposite in the sense that he is um, using his words to take a very emotional experience like The Bachelorette, where it's all about finding love, tugging at your soul, your heartstrings, and he's making it into a competition and winning. Then he's taking things about people he should be talking about the guys in the house in such positive ways everyone's here trying to find love go on their path that's what a motivational speaker would do and mm -hmm. instead he's trying to cut the guys down he's doing it all opposite i don't know how that's his job i can't believe he actually makes money doing that but i mean we gotta find out how successful he is well, that's it I, I, we, we gotta find out spoken a lot more. at one conference in front of 10 people and called himself a motivational yeah. speaker you know this is a bachelor title but at the same time, it just because, and I say all this to bring up the point, you said he wants screen time. Okay, that's some people's pursuit, right? You want screen time. That's not, you know, no. that's not unknown when it comes to casting the franchise. They usually get sorted out pretty well sometimes. But for him, if you were wanting screen time, you were walking into this experience, you would think in your mind, you'd be like, I want screen time to help my career, but like, I will not be like, but I don't want that screen time. Like, I don't want the screen time of the person causing the drama. I don't want the screen time of hurting Katie. Like that just, that's where this whole thing got weird to me. And I was like, he's a motivational speaker. And yet he's just like, kind of like poking holes that don't seem healthy. Everyone listening has got to look him up, do some little internet digging and tell us if he's actual, actually a motivational speaker. Because yes. my gut is he's not. You yeah. guys, the twist here is that he's the one who is there for the wrong reasons. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Big <laughs> twist, Ash. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, I think that's it for the episode. Do you have any other comments, Allie, that you think we for forgot? Hmm. I, I love this episode. I mean, I'll say it. I think it was a, it was too. an enjoyable episode to watch. I was intrigued like 99% of the time. And 
for episode two, I thought it was it has it started a lot of good storylines that we missed with Matt's season. I think this with Matt's season, we're always waiting to kind of be like connected to the cast and we're kind of waiting for those storylines to start. And it never really happened until the very end, kind of. Um, but it's episode two, and I feel very connected to these cast members. Same. We didn't even talk about Connor B, and yeah. he's somebody that we really feel connected to. The cat. The cat. The cat. Well, Ali Fidatowski, uh, before you go, we do want to bring up one thing. Uh, first off, uh, today marks a really big day, I think, uh, for you and a lot of people uh, who are going to be uh, helped by you. Uh, today, E released an article talking about you coming out and talking about a blood disorder that you have and that you've been getting treatment for, one that's not uncommon for many probably. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Oh my gosh, I didn't uh, know that. Uh, well, I didn't know that like someone wrote about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I found, I don't know, I, I mean, I'm anemic, which I know is very, very common. Uh, I've just been super, super tired lately, like weirdly tired. Um, and I couldn't figure out why. So I went to my doctor and they just run a, ran a bunch of blood work. And my doctor was like, your ferritin levels and ferritin is essentially the like in, what's in your body that helps your body store iron. She's like, is almost zero. She's like, I'm surprised you're walking. Like you must be so tired. So I'm actually, I'm going to like go get like a, I'm excited about it. I'm going to go get a IV um, full of iron. I do it once on the once next week. And then once the week after um, to see how it makes me feel. And I, hopefully I'll just get all my energy back. That's amazing. About it. So can you yeah. develop anemia? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I remember like years ago, like I've always been the type of person that's just not very like in tune. Like I never had a primary care doctor. Like I go to the doctor because like something really hurts. Like yeah. I don't like keep up with my health over the years, but I do remember years ago, a doctor saying to me, like after getting some sort of test done, maybe like 15 years ago saying like, uh, you're on the verge of it being anemic. You should watch out for that. And I was like, okay, whatever. And just never thought of it again. Um, so now, yeah, I mean, I just got blood work done cause I was just so, so, so tired in like a way that I'm like, this feels not normal that I'm so tired. Like I was thinking something was really wrong with me. I was so tired. Um, you know, and then I like got this blood test done through the mail that said I had inflammation in my body. And I was like, oh my gosh, inflammation, like this C word went through my brain. You know what I mean? Thankfully it's not, not that anything like that, but that's kind of like what I was feeling. So to find out I'm anemic is a relief because I know I can like take iron, get the things and like hopefully increase my energy. You've always been somebody that's uh, been open and vulnerable sharing um, your stories and your, your health history and everything going on in your life. We appreciate it here. Um, I know many people appreciate it. So even though you didn't know there was an article written, uh, there was, <laughs> you can check it out. You can Google your name okay. right now. Um, but it, it is helpful for many. Uh, and so we thank you for that. Ali Fedotowski, Mono, you are the best. Have a great time tonight. Uh, enjoy thank the you. party. Uh, tell everybody I said hello and that Ashley said hello, hello because Dee Dee does listen to the Almost Famous podcast. She's a great supporter. So she'll hear oh, this. She does. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So sweet. Yeah. on here. I love that. So, uh, <laughs> Ali, thank you so much for joining us. See yeah, Ali. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, 
to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's now time for one of the most listened to segments on the Almost Famous Podcast. It is Bachelor Hot Topics, everything that's happened this week in Bachelor Nation, and obviously there has been a lot uh, a lot of reactions to Chris Harrison's departure. We're going to get into that in just a second. Um, but also, let's talk for a second. We kind of mentioned it last week, but we have more clarity this week on the Bachelor in Paradise hosts. Uh, before we talk about Chris Harrison officially stepping away, we did have the announcement of four new hosts for Bachelor in Paradise. Some of Bachelor Nation had some mixed reviews, uh, specifically Tanner, Tanner Tolbert, who I know you're close with and have probably been able to kind of process with. Ashley, before we dive, dive into the headlines of it all, what are your thoughts on these four hosts? Well, I love Lance Bass and I love David Spade. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I consider Lance a friend. And then David Spade, I've I've had lunch with with Amy and I think he's hilarious. Yeah, and I actually think, yeah, he'll be super entertaining. I understand where Tanner's coming from. Let's talk about what Tanner said on his Instagram last week. He said the franchise's hosting decisions have been a train wreck. He doesn't really like the fact that, like American Idol, I would say, did once Simon left, they kind of tried to stunt cast, right? It's like Jennifer Lopez and Ella DeGeneres. Like, wow, huge names are going to try to fill in for Simon. But sometimes people... You know, especially when they've been with a franchise since the very beginning and have been such a figurehead for them, they're like irreplaceable. So I think I know what Tanner's talking about here when it's just like calls it a circus. It's because there's so many people that they're just like throwing at us to entertain us, possibly. But I think what Tanner is also saying is that he um, he thinks that the show is going to become more about the well. In the American Idol case, the judges, right? So they're going to be they're making Bachelor in Paradise more about the hosts and they're making it about the contestants and people watch for the contestants. Let's talk about this for a bit. It comes down to the thing we've talked about so many times on this podcast, and it's the ultimate question of the franchise. Why do people watch? Like, why has this thing been successful for because of the love stories? Well, that's our assumption And and the drama. But could it be that the franchise who studies this data who has been a, you know, some people have worked there for the 19 years it's been going on. Do they know differently? Are they saying, no, people are watching this, not just for the love stories, probably maybe not even for the love stories at all, but more for the character development. Um, The comfort, I think, is a big deal for the show. 
Uh, and and I th- you get the comfort from the consistency that was Harrison. I think you do. And so now this does seem like a drastic switch. I get Tanner's concern and others' concern where it's like, we're losing all familiarity with the franchise when we do these hosts. Right. The the other question I have in this, and I don't, I'm not saying any of these hosts are bad. I, I really don't know them as hosts. Like you know, Lance Bass, I know him from the show. He's great. Little John, I've I've seen him on the show, but he was on Becca's season. Yeah, David Spade, you're telling me he's going to be great. Uh, Titus, like I, I mean, I think he's funny. I've always enjoyed him. Uh, but why? I mean, we have to ask the question here: if they're going to diversify. If they're going to go as far as, you know, replacing with not just one host, but four, why is there a woman involved here? Isn't that bizarre? Well, I mean, Sarah Highland. But but she's not on this list right now. We don't really know Wells and Sarah's roles or if they're going to be there one week or if they're there consistently. I, let's say right now, just for the sake of this conversation, we don't really and we don't know what Sarah's role is going to be here. If they're going to add four new hosts. How is there not a woman involved? I mean, we're on this conversation right now, and they have a moment where they can really change things up. There's not one. That's that's weird to me, it's personally, weird. especially for Paradise. Yeah. I get it for Bachelorette, right? You have Caitlin and Tasha there. Uh, they're guides. They're mentors. They can sit beside the Bachelorette and relate on a lot of levels, maybe even go as far as saying on some levels that Chris Harrison couldn't, right? When it comes to um, being a woman and, and, and the power that brings and the leadership you need for that. But here for paradise, I mean, it's a very, it's very clear that like a woman should be involved. I think, I mean, it Mm -hmm. it just feels like it fits and there's not. I totally agree. Uh, Let's read this Tanner quote. He says, I think the franchise needs to figure their shit out and figure it out quick. Because I think the show is on a slippery slope right now. And as a fan of the show, first and foremost, I want to see it keep going. But with all the host drama, it's just starting to get ridiculous. The host doesn't need to be the star of the show. I don't need to see commentary on every little thing. And not every little thing needs to be a joke. And I agree. Well, so, again, and as a fan of the show myself, as a fan of a lot of people that work on the show, as somebody personally who wants to see this show continue... Uh, I am now on the edge of my seat to see what paradise looks like. Uh, and we're going to get into a bit uh, on a conversation about uh, the Bachelorette ratings dropping drastically this week. And that totally relates. And so we're going to talk about that uh, in just a little bit. It does relate. Uh, and there's a lot of things that we can assume are a part of it. But all, all in here. If we're all honest with ourselves, every fan of the show right now, I think, would agree with Tanner. They might not agree that they don't like the the the, the hosting choices, but the show right now needs to figure stuff out. It is on a slippery slope. It's being shown in the data. And my question for v- people who are listening and for you, Ashley, is does these four hosts that they just announced for Paradise, does it help or hurt the show? You're asking me? <laughs> I it's not anything personal towards the hosts you know I can't no. wait to see Lance host I think we needed a more more consistency especially right after Harrison leaves to have four hosts I think just gonna just gonna like kind of like confuse people about the, the theme of the show like I, uh, what's what's the point here yeah I mean I think one of the things for me Ashley in all these years is I watch this show um, because I'm familiar with it and I, and I, you know, and I enjoy seeing the process. I like watching Paradise. 
because I'm familiar with it. Uh, it's it's obviously a little more dramatic. It's a little bit more unpredictable. There's weird stuff that happens. New people are showing up every week. I'm feeling, even as somebody that's been a part of the show, I'm feeling less and less like familiar with it. And that goes one of two ways. Either I'm feeling that and that's a good thing because it's moving beyond me and it's entering into a whole new season and it's a whole new franchise and it's going to take on a whole new look and it's going to be very successful in this way or it's not going to work. Now, to close this thought, The Bachelor has always prized themselves on being that kind of stand-up reality show, right? It's been around for a long time. Uh, I remember back in the day, they kind of said, hey, we have the secret sauce. Like, our bread and butter is the format, and it works, and it tells a story. You know, that's what's made it stand out among so many other reality shows that have tried to come out and be successful. I feel like here... I'm feeling like it's slipping back into what other shows are doing and not necessarily still trying to be the this franchise that we've known and loved for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't like it goes back to not to bring up my former other favorite show, but American Idol. It's like sometimes like a show peaks and then one of its stars is no longer there. Like one of the foundation pieces of the foundation is no longer there and they keep they try to reinvent it they try to like make it sparkly with like big names and twists and all that and it just can't recover from that loss so yeah i guess the storyline here for this franchise and again we're going to get into the ratings drops in a bit we're going to get into chris chris harrison's resignation and talk uh, more detailed about that But the big question now that I think people are going to be watching is, does this work? And do people tune in? And does this seem to bring in the viewership? The the show might be funnier, but is that what we want? Or do we want love stories? Another thing that I think is really interesting about Paradise is that there are so many big cast stars that we expected to see there who are still very active on social media and doing interviews. So it looks like they didn't show up. A lot. Like, we're talking, like, I don't know that you and I thought that Maddie would go, but, like, Maddie, Hannah Ann, Victoria Fuller, Kelly Flanagan, Mike Johnson, they're all around. They're on social media. Feels weird, Ashley. Feels feels, weird. It feels weird. Well, hey, uh, entering into a new season, we're going to be talking about it a lot more here on the podcast. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk ratings drops. Uh, What does that mean for the franchise? Is there a recovery in process? We're going to get your opinions on that. And then also we're going to talk Chris Harrison's resignation and everything we know uh, about that next step and what it looks like for The Bachelor moving forward. But we'll be back with the Almost Famous Podcast. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we promised it right before the break, and now it's time to talk about it. Chris Harrison has officially resigned uh, from the Bachelor franchise. He did uh, get a payout uh, for his time on the show. There's rumors going around from everywhere from 50 million to 25 million to 10 million. Like nobody really knows, but it's, it's, it's some millions. Uh, Ashley, obviously some people believe that he was already ready to leave the show. Um, and that, or, and some people feel like this came out of nowhere and it was as a result of just, you know, kind of what happened over the last year. Do you have any insight into like this exit now? Like what was the timing? I'm, I have a feeling, uh, but I, I want to hear your thoughts first. I mean, I think it has everything to do with what happened over the winter with the interview. And I don't think that's what the majority of fans wanted. I don't think a lot of people wanted to see him leave. I'd venture to even say that, like, based on what I see on social media and what I see from people who come up to me and just say hi, you know, because they're Bachelor fans, that like 95% of people just did not want to see him leave. I think there was lots of ways that they could have dealt with, you know, what happened. You know, he did a lot of learning, a lot of growing. I think there was a way that they could have shown that on the show. I am sad that this is how it's gone down. Um, Who would have, I don't know, who would have thought, right? My thoughts are, are this, and obviously, um, as a white male, the, you know, the weight of this doesn't really carry too much, but I, I feel like we just don't have a, not a conclusion, but I feel like there was an interview that went poorly uh, to say the least. And I think most people would say, yeah, this wasn't a good interview. There was some things said that we needed clarity on, but now we don't get any clarity on like mm-hmm. now we're now there's no uh, there's, there's no like Chris is just gone. And it just feels like, Hey, this was a moment, especially knowing Chris and knowing how hard he was working, knowing the people he surrounded himself with, knowing the questions he was asking, knowing what his heart and desire were was to to learn and to figure out like how how these words that he said hurt and how he could have done better. I just feel like now we don't get that on the show, and I and I think yeah. all all the people, all the viewers, and Chris himself, kind of in a sense, like I mean, maybe just like we want it. Uh, maybe it feels like he was a part of our living rooms and our televisions for so long that it feels like uh, if that is the path he was on, like, why aren't we getting it? And and I, and I don't know why it just abruptly ended without even an interview on after the final rose or even a moment on the franchise. It just feels like they just said, Oh, this was bad. This wasn't good. Oh, let's totally separate from it. It's like, does that fix the thing? Like, is that no. a good move for the show? I don't know. That's uh, not a good growth move. It doesn't, it just shows that like when you, it just shows that there's not a lot of room to learn sometimes. 
Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Chris, like Chris is a friend and we've talked about it many times and, you know, I, I know this situation, uh, is, was bad for, for multiple different angles, but it also feels like, Hey, Chris has been around and supported all of us. You know, he has supported, um, every person that's gone on this franchise as best he could and to the capacity that he could in incredible ways. And, and, and I just don't feel, you know, now it's just done and it feels odd. Um, but it's happened and, and that's the truth of it all. And so now we talk about like, what is this new season for the bachelor? Is it a good season? How is the bachelor going to change? Uh, and how are they going to evolve to not only learn from what happened with Chris, but also keep viewers interested without Chris. That's a big deal now. Okay. So let's go on to that headline. The ratings were down significantly for Katie's premiere episode. Okay, so 3.7 million in total viewed this. Um, in comparison, uh, Matt's season had 5.2 million, but The Bachelorette's always down from The Bachelor. And Claire's season, oh, damn. Claire's season back in October started with 5 million total watchers. So ratings are down. And so this is a conversation that uh, that we want to have with the listeners. And so please email us. But as the Bachelor franchise enters into this new era and people, uh, we have a quote here. I'll just pull this one up from Tyler Cameron saying he's, he's excited for this new season, kind of the fresh faces that will enter in um, to the franchise as hosts uh, and what that can mean for the franchise. Well, are we getting eerily close to not even having the show? any longer because from TV guide, it's on the chopping block at ABC right now. Like, so they're, they're making these big changes. Did you see that? Yeah. So they're making these big changes and people are saying, Oh, this is great for the show. This is good for the franchise. But like what happens when the franchise doesn't exist? I mean, are people good with that? Is that kind of where people want it to go? Or is that why people aren't watching? They're saying this thing's done. Like not even just because not without Chris, the shows run its course. Well, Ben, do, how much do you think of the ratings job had to do with people saying like, I don't, I don't want to watch the show because Chris isn't part of it. And because I think that they didn't, it wasn't dealt with properly. I don't know if that would be, uh, the reason I think fans of the show are fans of the show. I don't know. I just look, I know that people say like, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch. And then they always watch. Yeah. But if you read the comments under these articles online, there's so many people are saying, I'm not watching because of Chris. And then you see the ratings drop and you're like, oh, maybe there is a correlation. Well, and I also wonder kind of like we were talking about earlier, like why do people watch the show? Is it the love stories? Because if that's the case, it doesn't really matter if Chris is there or not. Is it the I drama? Know. Is it the drama of it all? Well, that doesn't really matter if Chris is there or not. Is, is it the comfort? Comfort. Is it the comfort? And being uncomfortable isn't always bad. Like, you know, changing and evolving and growing is not bad. Mm -hmm. But were people watching this because they, they had it a part of their lives for the last 20 years? And now they're saying it's time to give it up. Like, it's just like I'm done watching it because I've, I've, I've seen enough. I've been a part of it enough. I think the Chris thing has something to do with it. I think he has his, like, following. Um, but I don't, I don't think you can attribute almost uh, half of the viewership to Chris being gone. I think that would, I think that would be a, a big stretch, especially 
because over the last few years, we've seen less and less of Chris on the show anyways. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll continue to see like how this season and Paradise and, and Michelle, and then we'll be able to make like some more, some more deductions. It's just, it's, it's an interesting topic. And um, it also is a topic around like, how do we grow from mistakes? And then like, how do we allow others to grow? And was this the right or wrong decision? So we want to hear from you. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'll go as far as to say like, and, and I said on my Instagram, Chris has been really good to me. Now, I don't know if that's everybody's experience. I can't speak for everybody, but I am going to miss watching him on the show. Mostly not only because like I, you know, he, it felt like my coach. It's like, you know, when your football coach or basketball coach in high school retires 10 years after you're out of high school, you don't feel connected to the high school as much anymore. Yeah, um, it's going to be so weird for him, like, not to start each season with, like, his hands clasped, yeah. turning on the wet driveway. Like, we've seen the last of that. That's so bizarre to me. It's weird. Well, um, that's a big announcement. Hey, we have some some really great announcements to talk about on headlines. We're going to roll through here. Um, some really great things to celebrate. Uh, but to close that topic, we are, I guess, Ashley and I both talked offline. We're very intrigued to see what The Bachelor does when it comes to the host and when it comes to the leadership of the show and the consistency of the show moving forward. Uh, but here's some really cool things that have happened from the show that we need to mm -hmm. celebrate. Lauren Burnham gives birth, welcomes her and Ari Leyendijk Jr.'s twin son and daughter, this according to us. Yay! Happy birthday, baby twins. So incredible. Uh, Ari, yeah. Ari said that mama and babies are doing great. Everything went smoothly and they're spending time cherishing these moments. They keep they thank them. They thank all of you guys for your support. Um, so yeah, it's so great. It's so great. Man, it feels like just yesterday she announced she was pregnant. Now they have three kids. It's absolutely wild. And it's I've said this before, but like my grandma and my mother and my aunt they love following Ari and Lauren's story. Like they just mm -hmm. are like really into that family and watching them grow and function. It's, it's pretty cool. Well, another big announcement that I, you know, personally really want to say uh, here for myself and for Ashley and for the podcast, but mostly for myself, I'm really excited for um, Lauren Bushnell, who I obviously know well, gives birth, welcomes first child with husband, Chris Lane, this according to us weekly and we're so pumped for them she's gonna be a great mom and uh just really excited to make that announcement yeah uh remember last week i ended the podcast by saying i think we're gonna have some bursts to report on next week well we were right all of the pregnant bachelor ladies gave birth um that's Lauren, <laughs> Lauren and chris's baby boy is named dutton walker lane Who's nine pounds? That's a big baby. And I know. <laughs> That's a big baby. And, and Lauren wrote, Your dad and I can't get enough of all nine pounds of you. Now back to baby cuddles and praising Jesus over and over again for this little miracle. That's so sweet. Well, the Lawrence had their baby this week. Uh, you were right, <laughs> Ashley. You predicted it. Well, final headline of the day. Bachelor alum Becca Martinez celebrates college graduation. Her quote is, I freaking did it. This according to People. Ashley, how do we celebrate? 
Oh, we're so happy for Becca. It took her eight years to graduate college, but for good reason. She did the bachelor in between that. She had two kids. She started. She said she started at UC Irvine in 2013, fresh out of high school. She had plans to be an elementary teacher or an art teacher. She dropped out in 2015, but here we are, finally, 2021. Uh, she she said she's gained two babies along the way, and uh, she's so darn proud. So cool. Well. That's it for the Almost Famous podcast today. It's been a pleasure talking with you all. Thank you, Ali Fidatowski, for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please write in your thoughts and opinions uh, on all of the things we talked about today. Uh, you can email us at benandashley at iheartradio.com. And guys, we do want to hear your opinions about Chris Harrison's departure. We haven't read emails in a while, and I think it would be a great time to do that next week. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, well... With all that being said, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Bye, guys. Later. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.